Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Bonjour tout le monde. <laughs> it's another day to make an impact and to change the world. Pretty excited about today's episode. A lot of you have reached out to ask me to share some of the occasional content that I, I do outside of here. And this particular one is an interview that I did in our Facebook group. And if you want to join, I'll make sure that uh, that's available in the show notes and you can click there and then you get access to the group. But in the group, we do a lot of masterminds. We do a lot of master classes. And in this particular one, I share my actual journey to my speaking career, how I got to the point where I speak 50 to 60 times a year. And so I hope you enjoy it. There will be some elements of, of my story that you already know if you're a loyal fan. And there there will be elements that you might not have known uh, about my life. So I, I, uh, I hope this is a doozy for you. But I also hope that you're able to get away with some actionable tips. Please continue to leave the five-star views and comments on iTunes. I always love um, reading your comments. And I just want to thank you. Thank you all. You're amazing. Enjoy the episode. And we are live. Yes. Oh, live in the Facebook group. <laughs> welcome everybody <laughs> yes welcome welcome oh. welcome oh man so, wow so we have like a special treat for everybody today we're going to be interviewing the one the only tyo roxon yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it feels so weird to be on the other side you were saying this yesterday but yeah i definitely yeah. feel like it's me on the spot here, but um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. You said it. Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really good. Um, and we'll just wait for some peeps to hop on real quick. But as people are hopping on and getting the notification on Facebook, um, if you're watching the replay, feel free to comment Team Replay. If you're hopping on live, feel free to comment live. Oh, yeah. what's up? What's up? And as you're hopping on live, feel free to comment live. Um, how we set up these masterclasses and these interviews is um, it's very interactive. So if you guys have any questions at all throughout the whole talk, um, if you have any insights or mind blown moments where you're like, oh my gosh, that was so interesting. Feel free to comment in the comment section below. We're going to show your comments in this live video um, and it'll be in the recording. Yay! Hey. What's up, Tracy? Tracy. Hey, man. hey! Oh, whoa, whoa, everyone's here. <laughs> yes! See, everybody's hopping on. Dane's like, yes! Awesome, Pleasure. awesome. Pleasure to meet you all. Wow, yeah. Okay, you know, I have a tough yes. act to follow because, you know, it was you yesterday, so I'm going to make sure I bring Aww. you. <laughs> 
um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty excited to to share and yeah. honored that we have so many new members. Mm-hmm. We, have over, we have over like a hundred, hundred and twelve since between yesterday and today. It's insane. Yep. So thank yep. you all and welcome. Um, so this, this would be an introduction of sorts. But I'm ready whenever you are. I'm. I'm Alrighty. I'm all- so we are like pretty much good to go. So let's start off with your story. So what was your tipping point into entrepreneurship? Oh gosh, I have to take you mm-hmm. way, way back. So, yeah. Uh, how did I get into this? Well, you know, mm-hmm. like most trajectories in life, my life begins with some sort of pain. You know, started with me spending the first nine years of my life in and out of a military dictatorship. Mm-hmm. I'm from Nigeria, and we have at least 250 ethnic groups. And during that period, several tribes were vying for ethnic domination. Mm-hmm. You know, re- reporters were being exiled for saying their opinions. People were being assassinated left and right. So it was just a time of, of chaos. And then um, in 1999, I remember Nigeria as a country transitioned into a civilian government. And so, you yep. know, all of the international sanctions around her start to come down. And with those sanctions coming down, my dad's job as a diplomat was now super important because we were now beginning to repair all our relationships with countries all over the world and and Mm -hmm. that meant that meant that we will start traveling to different parts of the world and we traveled so much that by the time i was 18 i had lived in five countries and four continents i I remember i remember my first encounter with with actual difference like it was it was yesterday it was i was Mm -hmm. this skinny nigerian kid with with a thick nigerian accent in a french-speaking country in an american international school going through puberty and, and 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 so in a place where everyone was already different, I felt different. You know, I had mm-hmm. I had an identity crisis of sort. I felt inferior. I felt like I had to wear a mask. But I would I remember I would find solace in you know Nelson Mandela's story at the time mm-hmm. he was helping South Africa move you know as a freedom fighter from apartheid, and then at the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, I would mm-hmm. always watch that after after all my Nickelodeon and Disney shows. I would watch that and. I always felt at home when I watched or studied these two. And it was right then and there that I sort of resolved to be this global leader of some sort. At the tender what age of your, 10. What were your friendships, were your friendships like? like? I mean, it was, at that time, it, it was it was interesting because, you know, like I said, it was this, mm-hmm. this guy who was, was very different. So um, friendships were interesting because I needed to find my connectors. And so yeah, yeah. it was initially rough. But then I figured it out to make friends through sports and, and things that I liked. But initially, no, I, 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 you know, it was tough for me to just find people that I could trust. So that's why, you know, like the, the Oprah and the Nelson Mandela were people I felt I could relate to because I felt like an outsider. And then gradually, the more I became, um, mm-hmm. you know, I came into my own, it, it was, it was something that I, that I, uh, got better at. But that, but that's why I'm saying, you know, when we started yesterday with a challenge, um, you know, when I was 10 and I saw these things and I felt lonely and I felt, you know, like I didn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. I, my goal then was to make sure people all over the world were heard, seen mm-hmm. and understood and understood. Cause I didn't feel heard, seen or understood. And I didn't yeah. want people to feel that way. You know, you, you feel that way from a dictatorship. You find yourself in all these environments. And so it's very important for you to understand your rants and raves. That was, mm-hmm. that was the, the thing yesterday. Cause I go on rants about injustice because I initially, experienced that growing up 
I rave about people that push despite all odds with their own stories and overcome obstacles because those are things I cared about. That was me as a kid. And yep. that was those are all the people that I did. But then, so that's phase one. You know, that's basically my, my childhood. But when I came to America for college, um, I had a strong sense of my identity by then. By this time, mm-hmm. I sort of really said, I'm this kid who's sort of everywhere, minority everywhere goes, and I'm okay with that. Um, I was so gung-go and changing the world. Little did I know <laughs> that the world had other intentions in mind. Um, during my graduation year, I applied to over 85 jobs. So that's wow. It. Yeah. 85 jobs. And they all said no. I, I was devastated. I mean, they were telling me I was too young. You know, I was not experienced. They didn't mm-hmm. sponsor, they didn't sponsor visas. Um, essentially, I needed, as a foreigner, I don't know if a lot of people here are, uh, are foreigners, but I needed a job to sponsor my visa for me to stay in the United States legally. And a lot of companies mm-hmm. at the time, at least in my city where I was in Virginia, weren't having it. So I started to reach out to companies that had hired me before as an intern to, to say, hey, would you give me a chance? And, yep. and luckily, yeah. Yeah, luckily, one of them said yes. And, and um, you know, I was now put into the H-1B lottery. Basically, mm-hmm. out of over 200,000 people applying for these visa, they only issue out 65,000 of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there, there were very small odds. But, but luckily yep. I got it. Uh, yeah, luckily I got it. And everyone was happy. I remember I was Skyping. Mm-hmm. My mom was Skyping my dad saying, hey, I'm in America. I'm going to be here for like the next two years. And they're like, yep. my son, my son is in America. Look at him. He has done it. <laughs> Sent our oldest son there. And, uh, you know, in, in the midst of all this hysteria, there was one kicker. This job mm-hmm. wasn't what I wanted to do. It, it had nothing. It was not in a world I had imagined myself. You know, I'd imagine doing things on a global level, helping people across cultures, helping people discover their inner gifts. But I was now lost in this world I never even imagined for myself. I was doing sales at an e-learning company. I was, I had a quarter for $10,000 and that was my monthly quarter. And so mm-hmm. the lesson here is do not get lost in the world you never defined for yourself. Don't let the world define mm-hmm. you. Right? Yeah. Don't let the world define you. It's a weird, it's a weird feeling. It yeah. was a weird feeling because on the one hand, you had a type of visa that's rare. And on mm-hmm. the other hand, you're doing something you don't want to do. So I felt stuck, you know, and, and, and I felt, I, and that was until one day. It was August 22, 2012. You know the story so much because I talk about it all the time. But yeah, um, yeah. I was driving to the same place of work. And, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, as my, the lane merged into the highway, I hit my ex- accelerator pedal. Hey, got where are you going? Can, can, yeah. can I ask can you I ask something? You something? What was your experience while you were driving to work? It was just a normal day that day. There was no, mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, that's the thing that happens with these type of experiences. You just drive. I sort of just resigned that this was going to be the next six yeah. years of my life. And so, yeah, I was just driving to work. And, and I, once I stepped on the accelerator pedal and got on the highway, um, this car lost control and mm-hmm. then cut my lane to half. And then here I was swerving all over the road, just, to make sure I don't get hit, you know, I was smashing into the left guardrail, <laughs> the right guardrail, one car, boom, two cars, boom, back to the left guardrail. And then the car, you know, perpendicular, about to flip over the bridge. I'm 22 years old, and I only have one question that comes to mind. And it, it, it's the same yep. thing. It's like, well, have you done everything you said you were going to do? And I hadn't. And, you know, I was face-to-face with my mortality. 
and I hadn't done anything. I thought this was about to be it. And my instincts kicked in, slammed my brakes, and uh, somehow I had to get out of the car. But my car was totaled. Two cars were hit. There was debris everywhere. Cars zoomed past me, and I was okay. <laughs> and I, t- I took that as a sign. It was, it was a scary moment. And the question you just asked, what was I thinking? I wasn't thinking anything. I was like, this is just a normal day of work. But that moment really woke me up because I had once again basically almost lost my life. And I was like, what could have happened if I had just gone? I mm-hmm. And I did. And so I resolved to quit my job shortly after that and change my environment. And so many people, a lot of you here, if you're thinking about building a speaking career or, or, or being that entrepreneur you want to be, what is your, are you assessing your current mindset and your current environment? If, if, is it suitable to what you said you wanted to do? So I needed to change my mind, change my mindset and change my environment. My environment at the moment was keeping me in an area where I felt complacent. So I need to do something, sorry, uncomfortable. So I, I quit the job, mm-hmm. um, moved to New York City, nothing but a dream and mm-hmm. a vision. I just, I just went to school there and made New York City my campus. And I began the process of reowning my story. And that's how every true speaking career starts. Uh, if yeah, you're able yeah. to truly own your story, that's how your credibility is formed. And so as I started to reown my story, I started to look deep down into who I was. You know, who is Tyler Roxy? What makes him, what makes him Tyler? And so I was like, okay, people have always said you're too young, you're too this, you're too that. But what is it that you can take and truly know what I can say? So I was like, all right, I'm at the time I was 23. I was like 23. You've lived in all these countries um, mm-hmm. and you've had these unique experiences. Why don't you just write from that truth? So I would just start to write stories about, um, you know, what it meant to be a minority everywhere, what it meant to be a nomad and, and what I, you know, the teaching moments I had. And I found that yeah. there was a community. Yeah. And I found that there was a community called TCK and TCK is short for third culture kids and third culture kids refer to people that spent the formative periods of their lives outside of the parents' cultures. So these are um, missionary kids, diplomatic kids like me, people that just, mm-hmm. you know, kids of all these people that end up having different identities. And I just resolved to be like the guy that provided value for this group. And so I joined all the Facebook groups. I joined um, all the newsletters and I just started writing articles and sharing all my thoughts. And, and pretty soon I became known in that community because I was, you know, I was constantly getting a lot of people saying, that was me, that was me, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. And I was like, okay, wow, this is, <laughs> gosh, I don't feel alone for once in my life. I was like, we, we were connected. And, and then, um, <laughs> I, then I decided to sort of elevate that into a podcast. And, that, and the whole concept mm-hmm. of the podcast was, um, was interesting. I, I, I love Twitter, and I used this hashtag uh, of this community, TCK. And I went, I typed that in on, on Twitter, and a bunch of search results came up. And basically, anyone that identified as TCK in their bio, I reached out mm-hmm. to them and said, hey, I want to tell your story. Would you be interested? I've been thinking of doing a podcast. And I went from the guy that, <laughs> I know, I went from the guy that had over 85 no's mm-hmm. to over to like 85 yeses. And people, I was like, ah, you said yes. Yep. But I didn't know how to create a freaking podcast. I was like, what? Okay. I was just sort of putting that out there. <laughs> I didn't think you would respond. And um, so I quickly took a course in <laughs> podcasting, launched the mm-hmm. podcast. And, um, that, that, that's the other thing. So once you start to, you change your mindset, you decide that you're going to be this, this thought leader speaker, you've owned your story. You start to build your credibility. You need to start figuring out channels to disseminate your message. 
And so I started with writing. And now I start, I, I moved on for, I, I continue to write, but then I, I even made it a more 3D experience with podcasting. And so the podcasting, podcasting gave me this uh, platform to sort of share more stories uh, from people in different parts of the world. I would Skype people all different time zones. It's funny, I, I took school at night for my MBA and I'll be running around the city to try and catch someone to do an interview with someone in Singapore because the time zone was different. And I remember I would run home and people were like, where are you running up to? We got to do happy hour. I was like, I just got to catch an interview. <laughs> and and then, um, <laughs> they're like, you're interviewing what? So, um, so that kept happening. And o- over a while, I, over mm-hmm. a period of time, I, you know, I started to get more comfortable asking questions and figuring out information. And then, I remember going to bed one time, someone sent me a congrat- congratulations, a message. And I was like, wow, for what? <laughs> and then they said, hey, you just made the number two business podcast in 2014. And they sent me the link. And I was like, what? And like, yeah, man, people love your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen my podcast as a business podcast. I was just sort of telling people stories. And it was crazy to me because the people, the people that compiled the list, Obviously, I'd seen it as a way to sort of do business from a different perspective. And that's when I, I began to, to really start to, to understand that I had a community. And so you've changed your environment, changed your mindset. You started to work in your story to build your credibility, figured out your channels to disseminate. Now, as you build a community, you need to pull your community to ask, what ways can I provide value for? So I started to really build more of a relationship with them and said, what type of stuff do you want to hear? They wanted to hear more entrepreneur stories. They wanted to hear ways that they could use their identity crisis like I had to turn that into gifts. What vehicles can they attach their messages to? So I started to really just gather all this information. And so many of you out here already have Facebook groups that you have, already have mm-hmm. you know, five, ten people that listen to you. You know, we'll focus on providing value for them. And so I started to do that. And then, you know, and then basically I started to practice what I was preaching. Essentially, when I was getting all these people and I started to get these um, accolades from people uh, like entrepreneurs, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm just going to go write up a guide and talk about it in a video. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll talk about I'll practice it. So I started to do that. And then yeah. um, one person on my, one of my listeners said, hey, have you ever thought about speaking? I was like, uh, nope, never, never did. Don't even know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but he's uh, um, like, yeah, no, you should really speak. I've been listening to you for a while. Um, and a lot of what you say, many people need to hear it. So, and then he said, as a matter of fact, I have a contact at the United, at the World Bank. Um, you know, they're not paying anything, but I just think it might be good for you to just put yourself out there. And so, Obviously, you're freaking out. You're like, wait, what? I mean, I've never yeah. spoken before. <laughs> I only talk for, for the podcast. And then so I, I took a shot. I, I reached out to them and said, hey, this is me. Um, I feel, I, mm-hmm. Looks like you've got a bunch of fellow diplomatic kids. that I just want to tell my story. And so I, I nervously hit send. And they said, mm-hmm. yes, um, could you make it to D.C. at this time? I was like, sure, I'll make it to D.C. <laughs> and then I made it to D.C. Um, and then um, I did it. And then. Um, you know, luckily they liked it and they started to say, oh, yo, you should continue to do this more. And, you know, initially you might not make money, whatever, but just keep doing a lot of this stuff and you get better. And then, so I just kept doing it. And then, um, I started to learn the power of leverage because Mm -hmm. at this point, if you put a pause in my story, I had written for, for a while. Mm -hmm. I had a podcast that was gaining some audience. Um, yep. I can yep. I can now say I'd spoken at the World Bank, even though it wasn't really there was no money, 
Um, and the next step for me was I was graduating from, from my MBA. I didn't want to do a job I hated anymore. So I had to figure out what can I do with all these things. And so I had mm-hmm, to learn how mm-hmm. to quantify my work. So everyone listening, how do you quantify your work? My audience is in X amount of countries is what I started to say. Mm-hmm. I've spoken at this place, this, I've written this, I've been featured that. I would love to now do the same thing to your audience. So I identified, I basically, this is, is very important when you're trying to identify your market is who are the people mm-hmm. that need you, who are the people that need your solution, right? Who are the people that would benefit from that and how can you help them solve the problem? So who are you selling to? What makes them want to buy? And then what, what solution are you presenting? And so I started mm-hmm. to do that more and more. And then markets started to pop up. I, I thought maybe it was internationalizations. It was interesting. I was getting 50, yeah, 50. Yeah. I thought maybe it was schools, 50, 50 organizations. So um, we have the 50, 50. Uh, yeah. When you exit, yeah. how you started? started? Hmm? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I initially, initially it was just, it was a lot of, mm-hmm. um, of all those free gigs and, and leveraging the artists because people were enamored with the story. But then I started mm-hmm. to learn. Like I said, I started to learn how to leverage where it was out of desperation where you're graduating from college. You don't want to do a job, even though you have an MBA and your parents are telling you, okay, we gave you two years to sort of dance around your podcast. And <laughs> you better come back to the real world. I was like, no, I'm going to be stubborn. Um, and so out of that, I just reached out to all the people and um, companies started to tell me, um, I started to listen to my audience. They started to say, well, I don't know how to communicate with people that are different from me. I create a solution for that. I don't know how to communicate with, I don't know how to communicate my passion. My kid doesn't know how to communicate his passion because he's always grown up in all these areas. And so I just started mm-hmm. to reach out to the international students, people like me, I was an international and companies that had people from different backgrounds. And I said, let me help you do that. And I did a bunch of initial free stuff. I had great testimonials from them. And what I started to do was once I had these testimonials and free stuff, I reached out to their competitors and said, Hey, I did it at your competitor's place. And this is what, this is what they said about it. Would you want me to do the same thing to you? And they were like, yeah. Wh- and how much and guys, this is how you get the first paid yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. This is like how you get that. So perfect. Perfect. And also too, what's really huge and everything that you've been saying on this call is your experiences led up to your ability to then speak around yeah. what you experienced. Right. So you're able to have conversations. You're able to support an audience. You're able to speak um, with power in front of an audience because you really understand your own experience and you understand the experiences of people who are going through something similar or and something that was so huge, just uh, focusing on some strategy that you pointed out right here, um, especially to answer like Yamil's question is. Um, you you tested things out first and you yeah. tested out what worked uniquely for you. So for yeah. everybody, if you are listening right here, you might have a different journey. You might have a different way of approaching things. Test things out, figure out what works for you, and then leverage those results for other opportunities. Like oh. you never know um, what's going to happen next. And also too, it sounds like being able to have the confidence within yourself is the biggest key because yeah. being able to be confident in you and your story and what you have to offer, then you can reach out to anybody, any organization and say, here's what I have to offer. Here's what I can do for your audience. Here's the number. So yeah. quick question, um, because we have Miyoko, he's like, 
<laughs> Here, I'll show his uh, comment. He's like, he started by modeling. Great stuff, you two. Truly utilizing your experiences, your value, and how to combine those in a way you can benefit your audience. Great stuff. Yay! So, quick question. When it comes to, say, like somebody uh, has experience, they've done the, you know, they've gotten the testimonials, they feel confident in what they have to speak on. How do they identify what their rates should be? Like, how should they, how would they pick the rates? They're just starting out. Um, they want to reach out to the school or this organization. What do mm -hmm. they put in that pitch? All right. So, you know, this is how I always work it. So, first of mm -hmm. all, um, the thing with public speaking is that it's a form of selling. Um, yep. The principles that apply to making a sales presentation are the same principles that apply to speaking in public. So, um, the more people believe in you, the more they're likely to be persuaded by you. So I always get people to talk about what they've done. And then mm -hmm. you, once you get people to talk about what you've done and you've, you've gotten to the point where they're already e eating at your fingers and like, man, okay, that's, mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. You know, they ask you where your rate is. And I, I normally, for any beginner can start off at a thousand, right? A thousand is mm -hmm. obviously it fluctuates and people will go lower, but you know, standing to like a thousand to, you know, 2000 or so, 1500 and uh, one hour talk or yeah. how long or like a, for an mm -hmm. hour, you know, whatever. Um, and then it's, you know, and then it goes down sometimes some schools say, I don't have any budget. I and mean, some schools say they don't have any budget. What I've done mm -hmm. in the past is, okay, fine. What is the, you know, when I ask them what the threshold is and then yep. I'll also have them do something like maybe I'll provide the, presentation to you in some PDF format that they subscribe to. And then you build your newsletter that way. Or if you have a book, you know, could you buy part, you know, half of the book and we mm -hmm. can go down lower. Or if you have a service, could you, you know, you find a way to do that. But initially a lot of organizations, if you can start off the 750, 1000 is a good starting off range for a beginner. And then you can go off from there. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's usually the, the beginner rate, but yeah. Um, one point I wanted to make though, most, the mm -hmm. most influential, the most influential communicators are very clear because they've lined up their thoughts, words, and actions to the things that matter most to them. That's, that's what a personal philosophy is all about. And so with, with what Amanda was trying to point out with her story yesterday is the same sort of thing. There's a story or, or thoughts or words and actions. And, and with me, once mm -hmm. I start, once I started to be, begin the process of reowning my story and really becoming confident in the fact that it didn't matter what other people were saying about my age, my identity, I needed to really just take control of what my thoughts, my words and actions were. Um, then I started to have more confidence because I was writing for my truth. I was speaking for my truth. And ultimately, yep. that's what um, added to my credibility. And so whenever I pitched to people, I said, look, I'm this guy that is exactly a target audience that has gone through what a lot of you people are going through. Um, and this is how I've, I've flipped that switch. So, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. um, yeah, to answer that question, it's 1,000, start off with that, and then go up and down based on what they say. Perfect. And also, too, just, uh, just so you guys are aware, like Tayo pointed out something really huge as well when it comes to creating that speaker package is – adding some value into it outside of you just giving your talk. So whether that is consulting or whether that is, you know, your book or whether that is like X amount of whatever courses like you're going to sell, like 
make it something that's really valuable to the organization that you're selling to. So we have yeah. some questions um, down Yay, below. Come <laughs> up. Pam Ortiz said, how do you stand out? How do you position yourself as a thing as you? Okay, so th this is the thing. Um, everybody's doing very, very many similar things, but there's no other Pam Ortiz. There's no Ty Roxy. There's no Amanda Rivera. And it's very important. That's why it's very important to start with your own story. So um, one of the exercises in, later in the week is going to talk, talk about this. Whenever you identify a problem you want to solve, right? Yep. You need to then talk, find your relationship with that problem. So mm -hmm. my relationship with the problem I was trying to solve was I was at that point where I was a 10 year old kid with not to communicate cross culture. So you asked me my friends and the way that mm -hmm. I needed to find a way to build friends was come up with several things. I mean, you find your connectors, figure out what, what works, what does it. Mm -hmm. And so I basically spoke from my truth and that's, what's going to happen there. I think there's this, there's this myth about speaking the speaking industry that is so already speaking in the industry. I can't do that, but there's a Tony Robbins. There's a, you know, Mel, there's a Mel Robbins <laughs> and they're, they're both the mm -hmm. highest paid. There's a both paid, they're both the highest paid in the industries. And if you look deeper, they speak essentially about a lot of the same things, but Mel has her spin with the five second rule. That's what she calls hers. And Tony has his own yep. thing with, you know, you know, his, all his events and all that. But if you look at that and like peak performance yeah. and all that, you know, it's, it's always the same messages. But don't underestimate that people, me and me and one of my business partners, Sandra, whenever we go to speak, I can't tell you how many people mm -hmm. come to us just because I'm Nigerian and she's Colombian. Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter that they heard the message from someone else. It's because they said, I am, identify with your story as an immigrant. Identify with your story as a guy or a black man. Yeah. That. Don't underestimate that. And that's why I started my story with me living in that military internship. There could be someone <laughs> that might have had... They might have only heard that and said, that's my, I'm listening to Tyre now because yeah. no one else understands what that is. So start off with your story and talk about your relationship with that. And then, um, you, you know, you go from there. Perfect. That. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I always start, start off with that. I mean, it's some, sometimes that you might have to go lower if, if, if depends on, if, you know, if that's the case, but I mean, you know, 1000, if you're going to corporation is pretty standard, but then, you know, I've also done things where it was 500, but you, but I think with any speaking engagement, you've got to be strategic, right? I've done many free speeches where I know that that's where my target audience is. Like, for example, I do a lot of diversity, yes. diversity inclusion. I could go to events, SHRM, um, social society for human resource management. And I know that a lot of HR professionals there. And I know if I focus on delivering value, they're all the 20 to a hundred people that mm -hmm. are there are potential clients. And they're people that have my information and I have their information. And they've already heard me speak. So the barrier to pitch to them and them to go to the CEO is already lowered. And so it's a long-term plan. Yeah, yeah. If you're in speaking for money, it's going to hurt you so much in the mindset game. But if you're in speaking to help and to solve a problem, you're going to be mm -hmm. able to have the patience because you're, you're going to understand that what you're doing is ultimately going to provide value. And, and that's, that's what it is. Yeah. A speaker's mindset is different from just a, um, a regular mindset because you understand. I want every speaker to understand that when you go to – to when you go to speak and you grace a stage, you have mm -hmm. a very tangible opportunity to to um, change the world in some way. You have a tangible opportunity to mm -hmm. impact someone's experience. You know that's why TED talks are so so valuable. I mean that's what they're sold on. They're giving you a new idea. 
So what is your thing that you're doing? And uh, think of it from that point of view. So Awesome. And then we also have a question from Hannah, and she says, what do you think of just holding your own event? I love it. That's a great idea as well. That's another way to hack the system. Um, if, 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 you're, if you own your own event, if you're able to just do that, mm-hmm. um, one, it gives you practice, it gives you footage, it gives you, um, but it also gives you sort of uh, a way for you to workshop your ideas. But also, if someone is in your att- in attendance of your event, they can then, um, you know, become your referrals. But mm-hmm. your best marketing tool is your last speech. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so whenever you have an opportunity to speak in front of people that you know need your, need your, your, your wisdom or your love, um, that take it. Um, I, and, and I think that's the one thing that I will learn from my experience. You know, I've, you know, I've lived in New York city. I've, I've had, while I was focusing on this career, I've had several experiences. I've been fired in the span of, you know, twice in the span of three mm-hmm. years. Um, and uh, throughout the process, the most consistent thing that I did looking back was podcasting. And that's still the yeah. num- number one thing that I get recognized for. And the reason why my podcast was what launched my career is because I focused so much on, on providing value. It's also the freest thing mm-hmm. I do, but I was able to leverage that into speaking, into consulting, um, into courses and things like that. And now, you know, I'm at a level where I'm, I'm considered a thought, thought leader in the industry of diversity, inclusion, and things with mm-hmm. culture, cultural competency. But when I first came to New York, I, I, I expressed the story. I just came from a near death experience. <laughs> so I was just trying to figure it out. And I started from, from my story and there's no telling what mm-hmm. will happen from your story. If you do your work, listen to your audience and continue to, uh, to provide value because many times they sort of even pointed things out that I didn't even realize. So. Yeah, no, it's so huge. And also too, like what's unique about um, your story and the work that you're doing is it comes back to the passion and the heart, right? Like you could have been an expert on any number of topics, but you chose a topic that really spoke to you and really moved you. And so my question for you is when you first start your speaking career, how do you pick speaker topics that make your heart sing, but are also marketable organizations you want to speak at? Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great question, Amanda. Um, <laughs> um, your competitors are your best friends in this. So this, mm-hmm. this is another thing you can do. So if you're in it, this is, this is why, uh, Pam, this is also another question. So if you have a lot of competitors, this also means mm-hmm. your topic is hot. You look at those, look, go to speaker bureaus, uh, speaker bureau websites or your competitors and look up those. They have a lot of tags like um, education, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, all this, and look up the topics within there. And yep. a lot, a lot of times I've looked up the topics and like, oh, that's a, I can speak about that. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I would say. It's worded in that way. And that gives you an idea of how things are being worded. And then yeah. whenever, whenever you go, you go to mm-hmm. you're pitching yourself, you're like, yes, um, I can speak on that. And because there, a lot of times these topics, they're not, there's no mm-hmm. copyright to the topics. It's just a matter of giving you a sense of what the industry is buzzing about. You know, for me, it's like, you yep. know, unconscious bias. So, Get your competitors, your best friends with these type of things. And, you know, for me, I, I was I was looking at people in similar industries and I would go to all these uh, speaker bureaus and I'll just be able to motivate it into that. And then you eventually get to the level. Uh, you know, Brandon Rashad mm-hmm. <laughs> went through a similar thing. Yeah. Twist. And, yeah. And so. Oh, my and, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's all season. season. And it, Love this comment. 
Your meal. Oh my gosh, with their sazon or seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> um, and and it, it's 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 so but it, it's so funny on what uh-huh. you find because once you're able to workshop those things, um, yep. your ideas begin to pop up. Like the idea of you, I'll tell you the story of use your difference to make a difference. So that's mm-hmm. that's like that's my line. That's what that's what my um, business is. You know, my business is called UID. That's the foundation yep. of that. I was writing an article. This is around the time of, um, I don't know if anyone knows Nico and Vince, but they had a song called Am I Wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And it was one of the popular summer songs when it first came out. And I, you know, I was like, oh, man, this song, I, I listened to them. I saw the video. I was like, man, these are, these are two black cats doing their thing. And then I just assumed they were from, I don't know, East L.A. or something. And then I looked, up, looked them up and they were like, uh, Norwegian. And I was so disappointed in myself that I made that assumption without doing the research. And they were actually Norwegian <laughs> because they weren't, they weren't tall, uh, white, you know, blonde, blue eyed. They were, you know, African immigrants in Norway. And I was like, man, you, you're the last person to do that because you're like the person that everyone thinks is African American, but it's not African American. And so I, I sort of did this meta experience, this meta blog where I wrote the blog from the perspective of the song. The song was saying, am I wrong for daring to be myself, right? To, mm-hmm. to step outside the box. And then, I was writing about that, the lyrics and dissecting it while writing about their background and my experience with me assuming um, that they were Norwegian. And at the end of that, the whole message of the, of the blog post was, um, I think we all need to learn how to use our differences to make a difference. And I just, I left it alone. It hit send. And then I went back to read it again. And I was like, what the? And I'm, the, you, use your difference. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was like, what the? That, yeah. I wrote use your difference to make a difference. And then I just started to really test it out more. And I just started to say it out more. And more people started to resonate with that. And people were like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I feel, even though I'm not a third culture kid or TCK, I have a difference. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, and so th- you don't know what happens as you start to work, you know, with your, your story or you write things down because things just happen. Magic happens. And yeah. um, you sort of get a tagline and then, you know, you have your own thing. So uh, that was the story of the tagline with that. But um, yeah. It's huge. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Huge. Yes, we finally heard that story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It came from a blog post, man. (laughs) And I mean, like speaking about that song too, what's so powerful about it, uh, because that song, um, one of my best friends, uh, that was like, our song for the longest time yeah. where we were first starting out with our businesses. We were, it's funny that you bring this up. Speaking of use your difference to make a difference and how telling our stories creates opportunities for connections. That was the song that me and my best friend, like we would listen to on repeat whenever we were like, uh, you know, stressed out in our business or wondering if we were going to make it or anything like that. Um, yeah. So 
connection points, man. Connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, when you, you, you figure out things you love, I'm, I'm the guy that's known for loving like um, human stories, right? That's why yeah. this is, uh, this is us is like my favorite show, One Tree Hill or any of these superhero characters that are able to capture that. But it's the same thing with music for me. Whenever I hear a song, and that captures what I'm feeling at that moment. I, I go mm-hmm. with that. And I use that in all my speeches. That's why, you know, sometimes when you hear me talk, a lot of times you hear a lot of personal stories. And so I never underestimate your raves and rants. Once again, that's why we ask to do those things. The simplest things that you love, there's a connection to why you love that and use that in your speaking because I, I, I would not be able to speak the way a Tony Robbins or an ET spe- uh, speaks. I'm a loud yeah. guy. I'm a loud guy. But my, my style is different from them. My, I'm more, <laughs> I, you know, it, it would feel very inauthentic if you heard me, you know, cussing like, uh, the, you know, like uh, Tony Robbins, because that's authentic to him. But I'm always yeah. looking for the deeper meaning. And so whenever, that's why I was writing a blog post about di- a song that meant something to me and dissecting that. But that's the way I speak as well. And so, you know, that's, and, and many people speak about motivation and diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. but I speak about it from, a meaning and a personal inside out job. Miyoko's here, inside job. Yep. So that's what it is. Yeah. And you know, what's also so unique about this too, is like, um, like my big two mentors are like Lennon Doyle Melton and uh, Gabrielle Bernstein. And mm. they approach the same topics, but differently on different ends of the spectrum. And so they have different audiences, but they can still motivate and they can still speak to the heart and they can still create transformations for people just by sharing their story and sharing their different perspectives. Like, you know, um, knowing your rants and raves and knowing how you show up in the world, you don't have to be like, uh, some guru or like everybody else to make an impact. In fact, showing up as you, whether it's you're the more like deep, serious type or whether you're the more goofy, funny type or whether you're a mixture of both or not even like that at all, there's yeah. going to be an audience that really vibes with it and wants to support that. So yes. You know, you know something, Amanda? So let, let me, let me mm-hmm. pick the timeline. So when I first started, I was only talking about third culture kids and TCKs yep. because that's, that's who I am. It then evolved. The market and me started to evolve where they were telling me, mm-hmm. hey, it's, it's a little more, right? The, your diversity and inclusion because we can learn something from your experience being different. So like, hey, how about you try and tell that story yep. on a larger yep. front? And then what happened was we had the, the Brexit, we had the recent elections, all these things. People were like, ah, man, okay, I've heard you do that for years. I believe you. Your credibility is there. Can you mm-hmm. just explain that on a larger outset? And then the other thing was entrepreneurs are looking at me and saying, hey, we sort of seen you sort of carve this career out of almost your personal story. Can you give us the blueprint for that? And so yeah. a lot of times, a lot of times we, we get bogged down yeah. with the idea like, oh, I don't have my own thing. I don't have my own thing. But if you, start, if, you start, if you start up with your thing first, it, it can always expand because you have enough of a foundation where you, your mm-hmm. the next graduation makes sense. And so I didn't and necessarily... And that's why in our yeah, program, yeah. we talk about making your thing a thing. Like Make we don't have thing. a cookie cutter, like personal branding method or anything like yeah. that because it's all about making your thing a thing. Like whatever it is that you're here to speak on, whatever it is that you're here to do, like... Yeah do it like don't 
Oh, this is so huge. And this, and this comes back to speaking. And I think you do an amazing job on this as well is, um, is not listening to what everybody else is doing and zigging when others zag. So not stepping into um, a box and making your own ocean, right? And just yeah. making it a thing and showing yeah. up and, and being the expert in it and having the, uh, you know, the podcast around it and speaking on it and reaching out to organizations saying like, Hey, your, your organization needs to hear this. Here's how I can help you. Here's how I can support you. So if anybody that's watching this and is feeling at up, uh, actually, Put a heart in the comment section below if you identify with this that maybe you have an idea for a business or maybe you're doing a certain business and you're not sure whether um, how you can start getting speaking opportunities for it. And you're like, how am I supposed to package it in a way that's marketable? Put a heart in the comment section below if you've ever felt like that, because yeah. we want to see like how many people like feel like that. And also too, just create opportunities for people to just show up more as themselves. The more you show up as yourself, the more people respond to it and the more the perfect audience is meant to show up for you. That's what people, yes. that's what people are attracted to. And so I, I want mm -hmm. some things I want to help you out with here listening. So if you, if you need mission, if you're looking for your mission, vision related questions, so I, I'll have you ask, ask yourself these three questions. So who am I? Very vague, very, you know, where am mm -hmm. I going? And then do my thoughts and words align with those mm -hmm. previous questions? Do they align? Do so. Who am I? Where am I going? Do my thoughts and words align with those previous two questions? And these are things I'm always asking myself whenever I'm making a decision, right? So if it's a shiny opportunity, that's what you ask mm -hmm. yourself. And then to finding your purpose, discover what is causing you fixed mindset. That's the first mm -hmm. thing. Discover what excites you, and then the third thing is become a problem solver and let that align with the other two. So yep. discover what's causing your fixed mindset. Um, is it your parents? Is it your friends? Is it your, mm -hmm. idea, your perceived idea of what it is? Discover what excites you. You know, take, become an active note taker or mental note taker of what yep. gets you excited throughout the day. I'm like, I got excited because she smiled or I got excited when the news, you know, whatever. Those <laughs> yeah. there, the key's exactly. there. And then, Become a problem solver. Uh, once you start to do that, you know, and you start to do that, and you surf in that way, you're able to get closer to your to your goal, even if you're not quite sure. I mean, with me, you know, Amanda's story was different, you know, from my story. And um, but you know, uh, you, you what you what you end up doing is you build your authenticity, so you build your credibility, but you also build your reliability, and that's the mm -hmm. those are the two marks of a great speaker: credibility, reliability. It's why I could find myself in, in Oprah, uh, why I was sitting down and watching Oprah as 10, 11, 12 year old kid. And I thought I was one of the audience members. It's why yeah. you know, Nelson, Nelson Mandela, you know, in South, South Africa, me in Nigeria, I was like, I identify with the struggle because I know what he's doing and he's doing this from his, from his, from himself. So that's how you, you, you build that. So I hope, you know, throughout the day, you know, Amanda and I have been able to sort of walk you through the process of starting with mm -hmm. your story, owning your story, but also making sure you structure your environments in such a way where they, they feed and water the growth of whatever that potential of you is will be. Yep. And then once that person you become um, mm -hmm. actually actualizes, there's a certain level of bravery and courage that comes with that. Because at that point, many times, especially when you get older, you've become accustomed to 
things you're supposed to do. And so your job now is to break the supposed to syndrome mm-hmm. and decide, no, I'm still going to do this because I've done all this yeah, work. Yeah, we're brainwashed no to be logical and to sit down yeah. and to shut up and be quiet. Like, yeah. Do what our heart says. Yeah. And you've yeah. got to push through because it, 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 think of it as a race. Yes. You know, people will be winning now because mm-hmm. they got the, they got the degrees and they're doing what they feel like they're supposed to do. And you might be behind because you decided to jump. But what happens is you, you start to, you know, you pass them because you're yep. growing and they've stagnated. And mm. once you've grown, there is no putting, putting you down. And, the thing with uh, Pratt, with um, um, failure is that failure is, is not a bad thing. It's the best thing. It's how you grow. Failure is structured practice. And whenever you're mm-hmm. practicing, whenever you're at the gym, you're lifting those weights, you're curling those weights, you're like, oh, I can't do the, I can't do the 12 reps. But I know that by day seven, I'll get there. You're still doing it because you know that yep. you want to break through that plateau. And so if you're chasing your dreams, think of it as structured practice as well. You shoot all those shots in the, in, the, in the gym because you want to get better at making threes. Mm-hmm. So you should get better at being yourself so that whenever those moments happen that yeah, are pushing yeah. you and trying to tempt you, they're like, you know what, monster? You know what, buddy? I'm myself. I'm still going to push through because I'm me. All right. This is, I'm back. <laughs> we have um so we have a question from Emil. let me like find it let's scroll down down, yeah okay (laughs) yes um so people are calling for me to go speak for free i'm game but when and how do i start charging so uh is saying like um she's already getting asked for uh, free opportunities. Um, she's getting experience, but when is she's like, but when and how do I start charging? Okay. Great question. You know, mm-hmm. so if, if you could do, um, I don't know if you have videos or any of recording, but what you want to start doing mm-hmm. with your initial free things is after you've done one or two, you can start charging by the way, or after you've done one, you can charge. It doesn't matter if you do something yeah. one, one really, really well, there are people that their first talk was a TEDx talk and they launched a career. But what I want you to do is to find a way to record yourself and, you know, and, you know, I'm sure you're amazing. So record yourself doing that and get great testimonies from that audience because that is what you then use to, to pitch the other, uh, to other organizations and say, um, but you have to be proactive, by the way, because yeah. no one is going to, no one, no one knows who they don't know. So you have to make yourself known. And that's why it's important to work on the channels you're sending your messages and have something that that's tangible that they can see. And so when I'm pitching people sometimes to go organizations, I, you know, I, I give them my bio. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. This is what I've done. And, I, and I'll send them a video of my TEDx talk, you know, and say like, this is an example of me speaking. And so what I'm doing is lowering the barrier for them to say no, because they can see something credible there. And so, yeah, yeah to, take one of those, take two of those, get, get better at that. And then make sure you have, quality content from that and then start using that to leverage to the paid speaking opportunities. You can start. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to laugh at this guys. Like I'm going to share something with you just because we're on this topic. My first uh, speaking gig was actually paid. My first ever speaking opportunity was a paid uh, speaking opportunity. And it happened um, because I was, consistently doing uh, Facebook lives and providing value. 
And um, so I guess those were like my like many like free speaking opportunities. But, yeah. <laughs> but like uh, the, the host of the event reached out and was like, hey, um, I love your Facebook lives. I love the content you're putting out there. Um, can I have you keynote? And, uh, and he asked like, oh, have you ever had experience, you know, keynoting or doing a talk? And the most experience I had was like, you know, doing like a little mini workshop, like in front of like two people or three people here and there (laughs) back in Dallas. And I was like, uh, let me just, you know, people come hang out with me. I'm going to start talking about this stuff. But it's, um, when you provide lots of value to your community and start getting comfortable with sharing your voice and your message out there, you never know um, who's going to reach out to you because they're looking exactly for an expert on that specific topic. So that's why like, you know, Tayo's example of him doing his podcast primed him perfectly to start pitching and to start getting paid speaking opportunities because he was already talking on this topic on a consistent basis. He was already becoming the expert on this topic. He was already getting um, super articulate and comfortable around how he could speak on this topic. He was already, you know, interviewing other experts on this topic and learning everything that he could so that when the time came for him to speak in front of an audience, he was ready. So that's what we're going to point out to you guys. Start thinking about what platform, forms you could start building content on and how you can show up either on video or either on audio and start speaking every week or daily or whatever the schedule is around the topic you want to be on a stage talking on. Absolutely. And you know what? You just reminded me of, of, I had a similar experience. So this is going to actually help a lot of people here. So you talked about doing video. I created a, Nelson Mandela means a lot to me, right? So Mm -hmm. I, I do a Everybody that knows me knows I'm huge. Like I cried when he died. That's how that's mm-hmm. how much of an influence he was. So, um, so one of the anniversaries of his death, um, I created a video of how Nelson Mandela helped helped all of us see the bigger picture. Yeah, yep. I had it on there, and at the time, 80 views. This is this is this is why I said it's good for people. 80 views. It wasn't the big. I mean, my YouTube audience is growing, but it was not big. It was just 80. And then mm-hmm. someone that was putting together a conference for middle school students across 50 students in Massachusetts reached out and said, Hey, I just watched your Nelson Mandela video. We wanted to know if you could come do a keynote as well as a workshop on the Nelson Mandela video. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I looked, maybe I was like, maybe I got like a million views. Maybe they got that. It was, <laughs> it was still 80. It was like or 81. And I was like, yeah. So she found value in that. And then yep. that, that led to a keynote as well as a workshop. The other thing was um, I had written something a while ago this is well into my podcasting career on Huffington Post. This is like when Huffington Post is Huffington Post. So I wrote, I wrote, I wrote like 14 ways to embrace a global identity based on my, mm-hmm. my experience. And this German publisher reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, we, we, we found your article. We want to, you know, turn it into a textbook as a, as you know, part of a textbook. Can we get you permission? You know, we're going to accomplish that. I'm like, ah, that was, I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, we just came across yep. it. We, were looking at the <laughs> we, we, did, we did some research on you. And so <laughs> saying all this to say, you don't know where your opportunities will come, but if you're not yep. putting out content, and if you're hiding things because you think you're giving out too much free stuff, you're not mm-hmm. going to be able, you know, you're not going to be able to, to get there because all of you are all thought leaders. You experience, you're, you're great at that, but, 
Everything you yep. have right now that's done for free can be used and leveraged. Just make sure you do your due diligence to, to either collect reviews, get um, um, tangible results. <laughs> if you coach people for free, like if you have a beta program, have them give you results and say, yep. this is what I've done. Put that on your website. Don't make, don't take advantage, don't take any um, situation for, for granted. So um, that's that. I'm glad we're kicking your butt, Miyoko. That's what we're And to answer yeah. um, Miyoko's thing, because I think it's going even deeper than that. So um, if you've ever wondered what type of content to put out there that would position you for speaking opportunities, so that would make people start to think, hey, I should reach out to this expert or this thought leader because uh, they would be a perfect fit to speak on stage or to do a keynote. Video and audio helps people hear your voice. Yeah. It helps people imagine you speaking and talking on a stage. Uh, written content is amazing. It's good, but um, written content, people can't see, uh, people can't hear your stage presence. They can't imagine you um, on a stage speaking. When you do video, they could see your body language. They could see how you hold yourself. They could see how uh, you speak. So your tonality, they can hear all these things that um, like people who are creating an event need to know about their speakers on who they're going to choose. Same with audio, like audio, they can hear your voice. They can hear your tonality. They can hear your tone. They can hear your pitch. They can hear whether you stutter, like all these different things. And so if you are a speaker um, or you want to be a speaker and you want to make this part of your career, uh, really start adding video and start adding audio into your content strategy like ASAP. We're in January. This could be your new 2018 marketing strategy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and before we wrap up, another way to hack. If you're not an expert yep. in something, but you're passionate, if you're not an expert in something, but you're passionate. Let me, let me mm -hmm. say that again. If you're not an expert in something, but you're passionate in something, <laughs> do the, be the platform for the thing that you're passionate about. Like, so yeah. I, I, I read a lot of books, right? Everybody mm -hmm. knows I went through 57 last year. I'm on my eighth book this year, right? And, and so you, you've got to, you can create a platform where you either create, you, you become the guy interviewing or the lady interviewing people or, yeah. and you basically give a bunch of thought leaders in the industry. Hey, can I, I'm curious about your answers to that. And that does a few things. It positions you as someone in the same space as them, but it also gives you insights that you can use on stage, you can use to create a white paper, you can use to, to whenever you get consultant opportunities, but you will hack yourself to growth because you're stroking the ego of this thought leader by saying, I consider you someone I respect mm -hmm. and I want you on here. And you're being affiliated with them because, you know, they were like, oh, okay, I, I searched this guy, but then I saw this person and then, oh, he has, or she has yep. another bunch of that. And what happens is within a year or two years, even though you thought you're not an expert, you have more information than the average layman or laywoman because you've already had the benefit of having an education. I've done over 300 episodes of my podcast. And I always say that that's more, I have an MBA. Like I always said, that's more than anything mm -hmm. I got from my MBA because it's amazing. Same, I didn't get shit from my master's <laughs> program. <laughs> so, so, so don't, don't, don't underestimate your power. Yeah. I, I'm glad that, yeah. I'm glad that you, you validated that, but first of all, I'm not, I'm not going to get school, nothing against school. Cause I, I do, I do think school is great, but I'm just saying that yeah, you can, it was a lot of theory. That's what it was. Yeah. It was a lot of theory. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, it's it, like, it, once you start like, putting into practice, you're like, okay, let me see what's working in like 2017, 2018. Yeah. Now. <laughs> exactly. 
me, me and Amanda are not that bitter about school. Yeah. But do that. So even if you're not, you don't think you're an expert, you're in a year or two or six months from now, you're going to have something that you can leverage. And the idea of being an expert is very subjective. You could go to the nearby the chambers of commerce or, or mm-hmm. the local university and say, hey, I want to speak in entrepreneurship. I have 20,000, you know, I've done 20 interviews of this. This is the insight I've gotten. Yeah. I feel like it'd be a great audience. You build on that. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, Miyoka's like, yes, Demil, they are torching up the place. Video content being an example of how you are on the stage is the biggest takeaway for me. That's a game changer. Yeah. And like also, um, Miyoko, just give you some like bonus tips for video marketing because I've personally been diving deep into it as well. Um, Marshall Gillen, he's like a Facebook live expert in this group. Yeah. I've been following his, his stuff too. Uh, but <laughs> like, uh, what I've been diving deep into is Facebook Live because Facebook Live um, has great reach on Facebook. Um, have been diving deep into this app. It's called InShot. Um, and so I've been creating like meme videos on so M-E-M-E videos. So that's where you see like the two bars are around the Instagram video and you have like uh, the content describing what it is. And that has high engagement on Instagram and it also has high engagement on Facebook. Um, so on all social media platforms, you can see video right away. Um, just because speaking opportunities have consistently come through social media platforms. Um, and so I just make it easier for that host or that speaker um, uh, of that event to know right off the bat that I could be someone who can speak at their event because they can quickly click on a video and be like, Oh, this is how this person speaks. Um, so definitely check that out. And it's called in shot. If you want to start creating main videos in your video marketing strategy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Um, and so as we're wrapping up, remember mm-hmm. the, t- oh, wait, what's the question? Let me answer this question. Uh, was it, um, I think BB, BB had a question. Um, yeah. ah, come on, computer. Okay. Can you podcast and video the same content? Is it wise to do oh, so? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you can do it. it is, you can, <laughs> that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the other thing that people um, um, underestimate. Gary Vee does this, right? He does it with mm-hmm. the show. Lewis <laughs> House. Go, yeah, Lewis House does this, but Gary Vee does this. There are people that do this all the time, so you definitely can um, there are certainly some things that are suited for video if you're doing all those visual things. But if you have something, feel free to, you know, repurpose. Many people go as far as even doing the transcript as the, you know, because people read and, and understand things in different ways. Yeah, as the blog post. Yeah. 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 But, um, um, yeah, so as we're, as we're wrapping yeah. up, um, please, you know, once again, we're grateful for over 500 members. That's crazy to us. That's over 500 people. It's, nah, it's I know, we're full grown. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, uh, that, that's not, that's not, <laughs> but, um, write down your three, three lessons, um, that you learned from this talk and then write that yeah. under your, your post, your day two post. Uh, Miyoko had a question too. He was like, how do you create the meme videos? That's a million dollar question. It's, it's an app called InShot. So I N S H O T, um, and you can literally create. It's an app, so you can create it on your phone. If okay. you to answer that question, yeah, right. I, didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. But um, what's the what's the day two challenge, um, Amanda? So day two challenge. Dun, 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 dun. 
um, the day two challenge is around identifying your unique audience transformation code. So what is going to be the thing that sets them off to have the most impactful transformation of their life. So we all remember um, events that we've been to where we're just like, oh, that speaker was so motivating and inspiring. Um, but the events that really transform us is they not only motivate and inspire us, but they also uh, inspire us to create action after the event. So um, the most transformational speakers are the ones who not just give you like, here's some inspiration, feel good about yourself. They're not just the feel good ones, but they're providing amazing content and really deep uh, strategies and focus so that you can immediately take action after you listen to them speak. So um, that's what our challenge was for today. So that, when you're creating your signature speech, you understand from the get-go, like what's the intention behind the speech that you're creating and what type of result you want to help create for your audience. Exactly. What problem mm-hmm. What problem are you solving? How, how are you guiding the audience from point A yep. to point B? And then, um, you know, write that down. So we talked about rants and raves yesterday. Today is about identifying that problem you're solving, even mm-hmm. if it's if it's like the millionth person that wants to solve that problem, just yeah. write it down. Write it down, and then um, uh, underneath that, write your three lessons that you learned from um, today's talk. Yeah, and Tyler dropped a lot of truth bombs, so put like ah, a lot. You'd be like, need to have like three pages worth. <laughs> yeah. You're far too kind. You're far too kind. I'm just trying to be a full, full grown individual. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so if you guys have any questions at all, feel free to leave them in the comment section below. Um, and also comment the three things that you learned from this talk onto your daily challenge posts. Uh, daily challenges and replays are all on the pinned post in this group. So if you're looking for where all the replays and the challenges are at, at any given time throughout this challenge, they're all on the pinned post. Uh, in this Facebook group. And it's just one pin post. It's super easy to get to. Um, and so before we close off, one, how can people stay connected with you, Tayo? And then two, what is the one thing that you feel in your heart you really need to share with this audience before you go? <laughs> your your favorite question. Um, you, can, <laughs> <laughs> you can stay connected with me, uh, my digital home, TayoRoxy.com, my mm-hmm. podcast, as told by Nomads, um, definitely please subscribe, leave reviews. would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, yep. what, basically one of my favorite things to do. But um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as, as what I, I want to leave the audience with, I, I think it's, I think a lot of times we, um, you know, I think there are two reasons why people don't believe they can change the world, right? It's mm-hmm. the fixed mindset and an exclusive worldview. And a lot of times when we have fixed mindsets and, and we have exclusive worldviews, we, we are our own enemies. We don't yep. allow ourselves to grow. And so what I want to challenge you all today to do is examine what are the things that you, what are your limits and beliefs? Examine all those things out and put them out there, you know, have them pop them off in your head and basically lay them out on the table and say that you're not going to allow them to limit you anymore. And then mm-hmm. dare to step outside of your comfort zone and, and expose yourself to different environments. Because I think what happens is as you transform from a limited mindset, fixed mindset yeah. to a growth mindset and you put yourself 
in a position where you're you're the minority, you're a different person, you learn a lot about yourself. And the, what you learn about yourself through challenges, what you learn about yourself through challenges is ultimately what defines you as, as, as a thought leader. Because if you exist in a comfort bubble, you're yeah. never going to grow. And if you never grow, you're never going to be able to transform the audience that you want to want to transform. And so, yeah, break out of uh, your fixed mindsets and expose yourself to different environments. Those are the things that I'll leave the audience with. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, What's up? What's up? Loving it. Um, so thank you so much for hopping on this call today. It's it's weird because like usually we're both like interviewing <laughs> and so yeah, sure. you're the guest. So now I'm like, thank you for hopping on this call today. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you for uh, sharing in this community and um, and thank everybody that's been on this call and that's in this Facebook community. We've really created a tribe here. We've created um, a space for entrepreneurs to really share um, what's happening in their lives, to share their different strategies that they're coming across and to share their mission and just feel really supported. So let's keep that going. Um, yeah. And if you have unique wisdom to share, share it. Like yeah. we love hearing your expertise, like come into this group, teach us something. Yeah. I think that's um, a challenge that we want to make sure that is the overarching in this group is come in here to teach. Definitely yeah. come in here to teach, to learn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, more information on Thought Leader Academy will be in the, in, the, in the link below. But if you have a voice, you have a message that you, you feel like you've always had, you just need yep. help reframing it and turning that and leveraging that into um, visibility into an opportunity for you to create your own movements. Uh, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to help you do. Uh, that's truly what we feel like we're called to do to really build an excellent global leaders. Mm -hmm. And um, um, that enrollment for that ends on the 14th. Yeah. So, so definitely tough. get in. If you feel like in your heart, you're like, I need to join like a dream mastermind. I need to join a community of people who are like-minded, um, who are on the path of turning 2018 into being the year that I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to be in featured in media and I'm going to have a profitable online business. This mm. is the community and this is the tribe for you. Um, so it's ran by your mentors, uh, Tyra Roxon and myself. Um, right. And we're creating an amazing millennial focus entrepreneur school to help you grow and share your mission into the world. Yeah. Let's do mm -hmm. this. Let's do this. But ladies and gentlemen, as, <laughs> as, as, as we, as we proceed to give you what you need, only you <laughs> anyway, um, I want to, I want to make sure that you all remember the, the personal worth and value that you have till next time till tomorrow. Use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.